After three years in a corporate finance leadership program at Johnson & Johnson, Eric Brewhouse knew that he wanted to work at a startup. He joined one while he was a second-year student at the University of Virginia Darden School of Business, and he never looked back. His experience at multiple startups in a variety of industries where he handled finance, operations, business development, recruiting, and marketing, preparing Brewhouse for his role as co-founder and CFO of cybersecurity company Counterflow AI. So Eric, tell me about Counterflow AI. Counterflow is a automated threat hunting cybersecurity company. So we build software for large organizations to help themselves prevent against threats that are in around their networks. So uh, you know, everyone today knows that big hacks are pervasive. They are everywhere. And you know, there's a great quote in the industry that there are two types of companies. There's companies that know they've been hacked, and there's companies that don't know they've been hacked. Um, so Counterflow was born with the philosophy of helping these organizations threat hunt. And the idea of threat hunting is looking proactively for threats that may not have been triggered, but are in and around your network and changing your posture from uh, reactionary to proactive and looking for uh, malicious activity taking place inside your organization. So what do you, you have a product that you sell and who do you sell to? So we have spent the last 18 months really building most of our core IP, but it really is a software-based product that gets sold to anyone that has a security operations center or something called a SOC. So our, our customers are Fortune 100 organizations, or they could be managed service organizations that help small and medium-sized businesses deal effectively with their security. Um, one of the, the hardest challenges in the industry and one of the reasons that Counterflow was born is there's just not enough security analysts out there in the world to defend these networks. Um, so one of the only answers to solve that is if you don't have enough talent that, to throw at the problem, you need other technology tools to help solve that, and AI is the natural uh, fit in the industry. What's the AI piece to this? So the AI is is a huge buzzword. We, we, laugh, we laugh at Counterflow that almost every organization 10 years ago went to their marketing materials, hit you know, find and replace big data and just replace it with artificial intelligence. So it's this hilarious buzzword that gets thrown around and, and bantered around a little bit, but we really mean using machine learning as the component of AI as one of the pieces of the family. And, and for us, we have a, a chief data scientist on staff. He was one of the co-founders and we've been kind of building with that at the foundation. So by using data, which is incredibly abundant in network security, you can use that to enhance a analyst's ability to identify patterns and threats far beyond what just a typical analyst can focus on. So you're a co-founder of Counterflow AI. Tell me about that. How did that happen? I had taken a risk after the first startup that I joined out of Darden, left to go take on a new project, and that project fell apart after almost three months. The investors pulled back from the table. The, the team that hired me kind of pulled back from the table. I found myself out of a job roaming around Charlottesville looking for what was next and was very thankful that I had been in town for, for a number of years, built a network, and, and reached out to a gentleman named Randy Caldehone, who was our CEO and, and one of the co-founders. And he had just sold previously a cybersecurity company uh, in 2014 and had just spent uh, three years doing his earnouts at the acquiring company, had finished his non-solicitation, non-competes, felt like he had finished, unfinished business and, and decided he was going to take another crack at it because the opportunity in the industry was even bigger than when he sold. Um, so by sheer luck, um, was getting coffee with him one morning and and my skill set met very directly with what they needed. He is he is a CEO, CTO, 
uh, software savant and knew the industry deeply, but knew he needed someone to kind of behind the scenes put all the pieces in place from fundraising and, and all the other aspects that's needed for a startup to grow. And I had just spent uh, three years at a company after Darden called Psychic doing that. Um, and it was just a serendipitous match of, of uh, a technology and experience CEO needing someone to, to fill all the holes so we could really grow and do it fast. So you just mentioned other experiences with startups. Uh, tell me a little bit about your, your venture background, your own venture background. Sure. Uh, so following Darden, pr- prior to Darden, I had done a, a leadership program at Johnson & Johnson in corporate finance. And I kind of always laughed that that was the, the job that taught me what a real job was <laughs> and, and spent three years doing a lot of rotations and understanding how big organizations work and just getting a foundation of, of basic business schools. And, you know, you put that into to hyperdrive at Darden. And knowing leaving Darden, I wanted to be in a startup culture. I joined a, a venture-backed Internet of Things company called Psychic. It was local. Um, again, kind of that theme of network. Uh, through through the network that I had built during the, the work that I was doing around Darden, I knew the CEO of the company, and I knew that they had just raised the Series A round before it was public um, and decided right near the end of my second year to go get coffee with him and say, hey, I'd love to help, knowing that as soon as you raise money, that is when you need the most amount of help. Um, so I was able to join that company as probably employee four, maybe five. I don't don't want to uh, misstate what number it was, but definitely the first hire for the CEO. And, and I got to be his right-hand man for three years. It was just a tremendous learning opportunity, especially when you get in with someone that is really good and really well-respected. You, you just take your learning to the next level. How did your experience at Darden contribute to your entrepreneurial career? I think the most important aspect for me as I, I think back on it is is learning what questions to ask and not just what questions to ask, but when to ask those questions and to who to ask those questions. I think it's kind of easy to just say, oh, I, I, I know what questions to ask, but it's really important about timing and when and how um, because by getting a general management education, you're well positioned to understand all the different facets, but you need to take it now to the next level in, in specificity when it's a small startup that's your own and, and you kind of have responsibility for all those aspects. Um, so if you're not well positioned to understand all of those and ask the right questions, you're going to go far too slow for a startup. And was there something about the experience you had at Darden that enabled you to develop some of those capabilities? Yeah, I think it's your classmates. Um, because each one of your classmates is just so much better than you at something else. <laughs> so you, there's just no way for you to be a master of all facets um, in the program. So, so by being put in that environment, that's kind of similar to a, especially a technology startup. When you're surrounded by people that are much better than you at different aspects that are important to the organization, that you need to learn how to tactfully ask the question that gets at the core of the value that you need to get out so you can act and, and do what you are good at. Um, so just being surrounded by different people that are all experts in some way in their own regard, I think, goes beyond probably the classroom setting. I think the natural intuition would be, oh, classes taught you how to ask the right questions. But I think it's just the, the it's an output of the environment. For someone who might be considering an entrepreneurial career, either coming to Darden or maybe they're an alum and they're even considering a, a change of course. Uh, what advice would you give them? Learning is so much more important than compensation. Um, I think one of the 
the concerns that I always hear from Darden students when I come back and talk about entrepreneurship is is being able to to make those ends meet and and I can guarantee you there's all kinds of ways to do that being in a startup environment if you you want to do that and are passionate about it 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 can happen and the it's hard to quantify just how valuable those learnings are in those early years um, benefit you later. My example with Counterflow is is by spending three years at Psychic, just making all kinds of mistakes, doing things slow, screwing up, uh, learning from others. But those three years put me in a position where when I got approached to be a co-founder of this company, I had already made all those mistakes. I knew exactly how to put all the pieces in place because I had already screwed up once before and could take the shortcut next time. And I, I think fondly on that time because if I didn't have it, um, I would not be in the position today to really be leading and driving an organization forward. I, I see entrepreneurship as a truly a career path. There's always going to be the next cool opportunity and this idea that it's, it's super risky and if whatever you're doing dies, there's no fallback option, I think is a myth. I think probably the, the theme about graduating from Darden and, and going into a technical startup is that you, you don't need to be a master. You need to get 10% proficiency and not mastering what you're doing. And, and I think Darden has prepared me to, to get there in all kinds of different fields that I could probably do a startup in almost anything now. Just uh, got to have the foundation and skill set to get there. Now, you, uh, when you were a student at Darden, you were uh, involved with the iLab, and I think you had a venture of your own. Tell I was. us about that. I was, and I, you know, I think uh, this is kind of a theme with me is I'm always a part of a team and never really the one-man adventure and it's not a uh, it's not a unique statement to say that you know founding a business is a is a team activity, um, and I had gotten connected to some professors at uh, UVA that had developed a really novel MRI technology, and similar story. I was like, that is very very cool. I would love to help, and I know all the different ways that I can pour in and, and assist with that effort. So my time in the iLab again was was as a part of a team, and to call it my venture, I think is is probably a step too far. Um, but it was just a, a foundation in helping someone with some really cool tech figure out how do you get that out into the world and what is the pointy end of the edge of the spear to, to get to market and really just get that first proof of value in place. Um, so the iLab was, was wonderful just from the sheer amount of resources that were there. Again, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I needed a lot of help. And there was just an overwhelming amount of people in every which way I looked that I could ask the questions that I needed to. So what's next for you and for Counterflow? We are going to market this this year. We completed an acquisition, which is a little bit strange uh, for a, a very seed and young company, but we completed that in the fall. So we have established product that we're integrating our core IP into now. So 2019 is going to be a really big year. Uh, we're going to market with some Fortune 100 type organizations. Uh, we're setting up for the next fundraising round, and and it, it's an exciting time for me because this is the first real opportunity to throw gas on a fire, um, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, not having that previously in a startup, and and maybe getting some of the stress of of things going well, which doesn't always happen in a in a startup. But from people I've talked to, I'm a little one part eager and one part anxious. For, for what that's going to be. Thank you for participating in Darden Founders Project. It was great chatting with you, Eric. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for listening to Darden Founders Project, presented to you by Darden's Batten Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. I'm your host, Sean Carr. For more information, come visit us at www.batteninstitute.org.